No one ever comes to the village of Kreb. Ever. Then one spring the mayor sees a car in the distance. He sees another, and another. Suddenly everyone is coming to Kreb. No one knows why, but there must be a few euros to be made. Check out Leg Lich, the new comedy by Philip Ogley. Available now in print, ebook, and audiobook from Amazon and other retailers. Ghosts are not weak. They are not defenceless, flimsy, or ephemeral. Ghosts are strong. Ghosts are invincible. It's the living, we are weak, of destructible mind, body, and soul. Vulnerable to the wear and tear of passing years. Vulnerable to the sins we commit against ourselves. Vulnerable to the sins of others. There are just so many ways to slide off the mortal coil, and so many people who we might wish to blame for our downfall. There is great evil in the world, after all, and we may not go gentle into that good night. But do not despair. Death is not the end. A long afterlife may await you, where the dangers of this world no longer exist. Where you will never grow old. Passing aeons won't leave a scratch on you. You'll never be weak again. You'll never be afraid again. Now the living, they will fear you. And those who did you wrong, they will fear you the most of all. Now you can make them suffer. You can make them pay. You can make sure they never know a moment's peace again. Ghosts are strong. They cannot be defeated. And they have an eternity to take their revenge upon the living. My name is David Paul Nixon, and this is the New Ghost Stories podcast, where we delve into the New Ghost Stories archive to hear witness accounts of the supernatural. Stories that could be delusions, lies, fantasies, or perhaps even the real thing. Just don't make your mind up until you've listened. Justice and injustice is the driving force behind so many ghost stories. When we cannot right the wrongs of this world, we look to the spirits to balance the scales for us, to exact revenge on those who have committed wicked acts against us. Some of the oldest ghost stories known are in this vein. Centuries ago, citizens of nations conquered would tell stories of dead kings and generals rising from the grave to surprise their killers in their beds. It was a revisionist history that ensured a comeuppance for their oppressors, as well as a warning to others who might threaten them in future. We so desperately want to believe that there will be punishment for the evil in this world. An arguably more satisfying supernatural narrative is the one where the wrongdoer comes undone on their own. They may claim innocence, but in time their guilt overwhelms them, manifests into an evil spirit that may or may not be anything more than their own tortured psyche. They must face what they've done and undergo a devastating punishment for it. It's even more comforting to think that transgressors must inevitably destroy themselves, that our moral code is so strong, so righteous and correct, that we must uncontrollably enforce it, even against ourselves. In this episode of the New Ghost Stories podcast, we will meet someone who appears to have committed a terrible crime, and they have faced some form of punishment. Whether the punishment fits the crime remains an open question. It is safe to say that this subject is not amongst the most honest I have met. They do possess a rather exaggerated level of self-regard, 
not to mention a high degree of denial regarding their current situation. They are able on some level to recognise that they have done something truly terrible, yet, at the same time, they still avoid taking any responsibility. It is worth remembering that there is a victim hidden in this story, and I say hidden because they remain a mystery. The subject will not, or perhaps cannot, talk about them or give any further information. I tried to press him on this on multiple occasions, but his fragile state, the barriers he has put up to maintain his delusion, seem to prevent him from ever grappling with what he's done. To face the reality of his actions would tear him apart, and he has unravelled a great deal already. Whenever I think of this case, I'm very conscious that there are people out there somewhere who would give anything to learn what he knows, and who suffer because of his silence. I do try to stay impartial and not judge my subjects, but I will say that he is someone I did not enjoy meeting, and I have not sought to maintain any contact with. To my knowledge, his circumstances have not much changed since this account was recorded. He remains in a rather pitiful state, something I feel, and perhaps you will feel, rather ambivalent about. This is New Ghost Stories case number 87, and it's called When It Rains. The following story has been shared under an agreement that respects the right of the subject to remain anonymous. Certain names, dates and locations have been changed to protect that anonymity. Events that feature in this story may be part of the public record. If you believe you recognise any of the places, people or events that feature in this story, I ask that you not reveal any knowledge or information publicly out of respect for the subject's right to remain anonymous. Those were the best days. I was at the top of my game. I had everything a guy could want. Money, girls. I knew fucking Jag XF. I was living it up. Man, the money was good. 32 and I'd already earned more than my dad had made in his whole lifetime. It was time to move out of the backwater and get a place in Central. I was a team leader now, and the pressure was on. I'd need to be able to get in and out of the city fast as. Work hard, play hard. Got myself a penthouse suite, half mile from Angel Tube. Beautiful, two bedrooms, both en suite, one with a skylight and a door to the balcony. They had a huge balcony, went all the way around. Had them big patio doors, one big window from the living room, all the way around to the kitchen. Had this stone table with little leather stools next to a barbecue. I was going to have amazing parties there, awesome parties. It was open plan, hall, living room, kitchen. Could have been bigger but you pay for the location, and the location could not have been better. Service on the front door, basement parking for the Jag, and Islington, that was the place to be. Got all my shit moved in, it was all perfect, just perfect. But there was just this one thing, yeah, this thing. Kept hearing the taps dripping. Like all the time, I'd be asleep lying in bed. I chose the room with the skylight, obviously, and I'd hear it from the bathroom this drip, drip, drip. So I'd go into the bathroom and turn the taps off, nothing to it. But it didn't stop. I woke up in the morning and they were still dripping. I went back to the bathroom, turned them extra tight. They stopped. But then I was in bed the next night and they were dripping again. So I went and turned them taps tight, tight as I could. But after a few more hours I woke up and I could hear them again. I went back into the bathroom and the sink was dry. So I went into the kitchen and those taps were dripping now. So I turned them off tight, even though I was sure, dead sure, they weren't dripping before I went to bed. The next night was Friday, I think. Yeah, Friday. The guys at work bailed on me, left for home early. 
so I was enjoying a few cans at home, still tidying things up and unpacking my shit, when I heard the taps dripping again, drip, drip, drip. It was getting on my nerves. I turned them taps so tight, I'm telling you, I turned them so tight. And I checked the ones in both bathrooms too, because this was starting to piss me off. So I went to bed and I lay awake. Couldn't get to sleep because all I could hear was this dripping. It was like a headache in my head, the sound of drip, 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 drive me up the walls. I got up and I checked the bathroom, the kitchen. Those taps were not dripping and the sinks were dry. I went into the other bedroom to check the taps in there. The sinks in there were bone dry. Dry in the shower, dry in the bath. I checked the shower and the bath in my bathroom too. There was no dripping. I could not find where it was coming from. I went out to the balcony. I looked at all the drains and pipes. Couldn't see any dripping. It hadn't rained for days. I didn't like this. If it wasn't dripping from the taps, it might be dripping from somewhere in the walls or in the roof. So I went down next day and talked to the man on the door, and he said he could call me in a plumber. So they got this guy in. I was at work. I came home and found a note saying there was nothing wrong, that there was no leak. I thought, what the fuck? I called them up, and I told them I could hear dripping. I could hear dripping all the time. They said they'd checked the whole place and found nothing. They had the fucking nerve to say that I was making it up, that it was all in my head. I said, fuck you. Fuck you, asshole. But I admit it, yeah. I did start to doubt myself. There wasn't any sound of dripping. Not for a couple of days. I relaxed the whole thing. Finished my unpacking, decorated the place. Got it looking spick and span. I thought it was time to flaunt my pad. We had this new girl at the office, new temp, Polish. Her name was Agatha, or Anuska, or something. I got to her first. She was fit as. We got her out after work. The other guys had their try, but in the end, there was no contest. After a few drinks, she was putty in my hand. Got her back to mine, showed her my pad, got her on the sofa, and we were going at it, full throttle, when I start to hear it again, in my ear. I can't get it out of my head. Drip, 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 drip. Nagging at me, distracting me. I say to her, can you hear that? She says, what? I say, the dripping, the fucking dripping. She still can't hear it. I tell her to shut up and listen, but she still can't hear it. I tell her, I tell her about how it doesn't come from any of the taps, but it's always there. I show her the taps in my kitchen and my bathroom, but she still can't hear it. I ask her, you fucking deaf? Then she starts getting all mouthy with me, calling me crazy. I try to say sorry, calm her down, but she insists on leaving. It's a fucker, you know. I was still fuming when I went to bed. I can still hear the dripping, but I'm ignoring it. I don't know where it's coming from, but I'm just going to ignore it. I get to sleep, but I'm tossing and I'm turning, drifting in and out, waking up, going back to sleep. I wake up sometime early morning, and it's light outside, and I'm lying on top of the sheets. I'm looking up at the ceiling, and I can see this spot, this dark spot, about the size of a tennis ball. I'm staring at it, and it starts to get bigger, and bigger, and bigger, gross the size of a football, a beach ball, and it keeps going. Within seconds, the spot's as big as the bed, and the ceiling's starting to bulge, and the surface starts to ripple. Then the whole patch explodes, bursts, and this wall of water comes down, raining, pouring down on me. 
I wake up again, suddenly, big jolt. I've been dreaming, but I'm soaked with sweat. It's 4.30am on a Saturday, but I had to get up. I couldn't sleep anymore. Had to get out of that room. Place is doing my head in. Felt like shit, rough as. But later, when I'm feeling better, I go back in there. I dragged a chair in, and I felt the ceiling, and it was bone dry. I thought maybe, just maybe, the water was getting trapped behind the skylight and getting into the ceiling somehow. But I couldn't see anything. Wasn't myself at all that day. Couldn't chill. Spent a few hours on the PlayStation, watched the football with a few beers. I couldn't get that image out of my head. The image of the ceiling splitting and bursting, and the water raining down. Because the more I thought about it, the more I replayed it, the more I thought there was someone there. That when the water broke, someone had been up there. That there was like this figure that fell through the ceiling and brought the water down with them. Couldn't see them. It was just this dark shape of a person, a shadow of a body. I didn't see their face or what they looked like. It was just a dream, but I could not get it out of my head. I had to get out of there. I was driving myself crazy. I did my shopping, had a walk about town, but still I could not get that image out of my mind. I decided to go to the cinema. Nothing wrong with going by yourself once in a while. Saw that western with Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon. They're protecting some girl. It was okay. But as soon as it was over, my mind was back on the dream. When I got home, I couldn't sleep in my own room. It didn't feel right anymore. After an hour or two of trying, I switched to the other room, threw my pillows and duvet on the bare mattress and tried to sleep. I did manage it, but only for a little while. I started dreaming I was out of my car, my jag. First day out, ripping up the countryside. Wind running through my hair. But it starts to rain, water's running down the windscreen. I put the windows up. The wipers are going crazy, but I can't get it off. It comes running down so thick I can't see anything. The whole view of the road had gone. It was just this wall of water. Then I opened my eyes and I sit up. For a second I forgot I was sleeping in the other bedroom. The bathroom is right opposite the bed in this bedroom. And I was looking right at the door. I could hear them, the taps. But they weren't dripping, they were pouring. The shower, the bath, the sink. It sounded like everything was running. I could hear the rush of water. What the fuck was going on? I didn't put them on. Was someone in there? The light was on. I could see light under the door. The bathroom must be flooding. Water was coming from under the door and running down on the carpet. The carpet was soaked with it. The damp patch was creeping towards me, slowly coming down towards the bed. I got up and started walking slowly. My flat was like flooding, but I was too freaked the fuck out to go quick. I walked slowly to the door, my feet squelching on the soap carpet. I put my hand on the door handle and turned it slowly. The bathroom was full of steam. All the hot water taps were on in the shower too. The bath was overflowing the sink as well. As the steam started to clear, I turned off the sink tap. The mirror was all fogged up. I wiped my hand across it, cleared the view for just a second before it steamed right back up again. I went to the bathtub, pushing the shower curtain aside. I leant down and reached for the hot tap and turned it off. But when I turned it, I saw, out of the corner of my eye, 
The bathtub wasn't empty. There was someone in the bath hiding beneath the water. I barely saw them for a second. I only got to turn my head just slightly, but they were dressed, fully clothed. The surface of the water broke. This arm, dripping wet, reached out and grabbed my hair. It dug its fingers in and pulled me down. My feet slipped on the floor. I was going down. I was going down and my head was going to hit the side of the bathtub. Boom! And then I woke up. It was another dream. I was up bolt right in my bed, gasping for air, just like they do in movies. Full-on nightmare. I was breathing so heavy, my heart was beating hard. I was facing the bathroom. The door was half open, light off. All just a dream. I tried to calm down, relax. But then, just as my heart starts to go and beat like normal, I hear something. I get up and walk back to the bathroom slowly. The carpet was dry now, so was the bathroom floor. But the hot water tap was running in the sink, the water running straight down the drain. Slept the rest of the night on the sofa, but didn't sleep much. I thought I must have left the tap on. The rest was just a dream and dreams can't hurt you, even if, even if there was this pain, this throbbing pain on the side of my head. I had to be imagining it because it hadn't hit my head, not in reality. I couldn't face staying there all day again. The place was messing with my head. But just as I was leaving, just as I was about to go out, I noticed there was this dark patch on the wall. The wallpaper was messed up and out of shape. It was coming off the wall just close to the ceiling, near the bedroom I'd slept in that last night. I knew it. I knew something was up with that place. A fucking plumber. There was water leaking in the walls. I was right, right all along. I went to the office. I couldn't take being at home. I tried to take my mind off the place, but it wasn't working. It started to rain and I could see the water pouring down the glass windows. And out of the corners of my eyes, I kept thinking I could see something. Someone standing there watching me. I tried to focus on my targets, getting my quarterly figures. But even going to the toilet, the sound of the water dripping in the urinals, it gave me the shivers, made me sick in my stomach. The thing in my bathtub, the man, I didn't see him, I didn't know him. But I did know him. I mean, when I was dreaming, I knew that person. When he went at me, when he grabbed me, I was frightened because I knew who he was. But now I didn't know who the fuck he was. None of this shit was making sense to me. But it was a dream. Dreams are weird. I was angry, furious. I called up the plumber like 20 times, yelled at him on his answer phone. Then I tried to call around other plumbers, but because it was Sunday, no one would take the call. I emailed the estate agents, the fuckers who sold the place to me, threatened to sue their asses for breach of contract. That place was falling to bits. They were going to pay to get it fixed, not me. It got late and I decided to go back. I got some pizza, some beers and headed home. As I got back, I had a go at the doorman. He recommended those pricks to come and have a look at my place. I dragged him up to my flat to show him the damage. I showed it to him, but he kept coming out with his shit, said it wasn't damp. I asked him, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's coming off the wall because of the water. He said he couldn't feel any water. He reckoned it had been torn off. I couldn't believe what he was telling me. Said he was going to complain about me, about me. The nerve. I said I'd like to see him fucking try. Went to sleep on the sofa. I was asleep for, I don't know, a few hours before I started dreaming. 
I was out driving again. I was tearing up the lanes again in the Jag, but I was tense this time, nervous. I was trying to get somewhere in a hurry when it started to rain. I didn't slow down, I started to speed. I was trying to beat it, beat the rain by going faster. But I couldn't. The water came down so hard the wipers did nothing. It poured down over the windscreen so thick I couldn't see a thing, just water. There was so much water it started to come through the windscreen. Water washed down over the dashboard, over the steering wheel, onto the seats, onto my knees. Something leapt at the windscreen, a man, arms out, smashed against the glass and the bonnet. I woke up with another shock, I was in bed, in bed. I'd fallen asleep on the sofa, now I was in bed again. It was the same as last night. I was in the second bedroom, I was lying on my side and I could hear the taps in the bathroom and the shower. They were running again, only louder this time. I sat up and saw this time the door was open, the light was off, but the water was still overflowing from the bathtub. I could see it trickling out the door onto the carpet again. This time I wasn't going to go creeping in. This time I was going to go and face down this thing, whatever it was. I swung my legs out from under the duvet, but too quick. I smashed the ball of my ankle on the drawers next to the bed. As soon as I stood up, I sat back down again. It hurt like fuck. I felt the pain and suddenly realised. Had this moment of realisation. I was not dreaming. You know how you always know deep down when you're dreaming. Well, I must have thought it when I saw the bathroom, but I knew I wasn't now because that fucking hurt. I'd hurt myself, really fucking hurt myself. I was awake, 100% fucking awake. The light came on in the bathroom. I turned my head. The room was empty. There was no one in there. And then it came up from the bath. This dripping wet arm came from under the water. It gripped the side of the tub, pulling up this body. He was fully dressed, dressed in a big brown duffel coat. The furry hood pulled down low over his head. He stood up, water pouring from his body, pouring from his hood, sleeves and pockets. He wore jeans soaked dark with water. He raised one foot out of the bath and slammed it down on the soaking wet floor. It was a black Doc Martin boot. Water squeezed from it like a sponge as he put it down. Jesus Christ, it was him. It couldn't be him, it couldn't be him. What the fuck was he doing here? What the fuck was he doing here? He pulled his other leg out of the bath and stepped out. He stood still on the spot, water pouring off him onto the floor. Then after a moment, his drooping head started to lift. The hood, dripping wet with water, started to lift up, slowly revealing his face. I nearly shat myself. I jumped across my bed and went straight into the hall. I grabbed my wallet and phone and fucking legged it. I went right out of there. I went down to the basement to my jag in nothing but my shirt and pants and decided to get as far away from there as fast as possible. What the fuck? It couldn't be him. What the fuck was he doing there? I mean, he was fine. He was moving when I left him. He shouldn't have been there. What was he fucking doing walking out there in the middle of nowhere? He was pissing it down for fuck's sake. How was I supposed to see him? I didn't know where I was going. I was just driving. It wasn't even five in the morning. The streets were clear. I hit the M25, still not knowing where I was heading. After I was driving for, like, over an hour, I thought I'd go out to my parents' place. They lived out near Oxford. I just needed to get away somewhere, clear my head of all this shit. I had to get some clothes first. I walked into one of those big Tesco's. 
The security guard tried to stop me. I put 20 in his hand and told him to leave me the fuck alone. I got some cheap jeans and a jumper and a pasty for something to eat. I got off the motorway just as the traffic was starting to come in. They had this decent place out in the country. Three bedrooms, garden. I've been out there for months, that's why I forgot. They were going on holiday, weren't they? Completely forgot. They didn't want me there, couldn't get rid of me fast enough. Here I am going out of my mind, and they wanted me out of the way. I pretended everything was cool. I was just passing by, thought I'd drop in on them. Couldn't tell them what was going down, could I? They'd think I was fucking mental. They just wanted me out of their hair while they checked they'd got everything. Locked this window, closed that door. I pretended I was on my way to a conference in Manchester. That way I'd have to be on my way soon. Didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. He was out to get me. He wanted revenge. It was his fault. His own fucking fault. But he wanted revenge on me. Yeah. I thought that's the way to approach this. To get angry. Come out fighting. I watched my dad. He told me when I was a kid that if you wanted anything you had to fight for it. He'd done alright for himself. He'd come from nothing. Youngest of five. First in his family to go to college. Running his business by the time he was 25. And he'd had his fair share of shit. Been screwed by the government, the taxman, faced down his rivals. But he'd come out fighting, every time. I respected my father, I respected him proper. I wasn't going to take this. I didn't know what the fuck this was. Whether he was a ghost or a zombie or whatever the fuck. I was not taking this lying down. I went out to the garden shed. I rummaged around and I pulled out my old cricket bat. I was going to end this. Got into my car. I was going to face down this thing. I'd come too far. This was my life. No one was going to take it from me. I was going to face this thing down. I was going to go down fighting. I left my parents' place driving fast. Fuck the speed limit. This could not wait. It started to rain. Of course it fucking did. It was pouring it down and I was sat in my car just like in the dream. But the rain didn't come down so hard. I stayed on course. I got back and marched up the stairs, bat in my hand, ready to take on anything. I arrived at my front door. I reached into my pocket for the keys. I saw the floor, it was wet. I hadn't even realised it. It was wet all the way to the elevator. I just touched the door and it came open. I mustn't have locked it. I looked in and the flat was flooded. Water was dripping down the walls, dripping from the ceiling. There was an inch of water on the floor. It looked like it was raining indoors. I walked in, bat in my hand. He was here somewhere. And there he was, out on the balcony, enjoying the fucking view. Water was still dripping off every inch of him, just like before. His hood still pulled down low. I decided now was the time. I went straight out onto the balcony. I pulled open the door and went out into the pouring rain. Is this the best you can fucking do, huh? This the best you can fucking do? He turned around slowly. I'm not scared. I'm still standing here. I'm not scared. I'm not scared of you or any of this shit. So bring it on. Bring it the fuck on. He didn't do anything. He just stood there. Just fucking stood there. I picked up my bat and I went for him. I swung it hard right against his shoulder. Then back against his stomach. He barely moved. It was like hitting a mattress. It fucking bounced off him. I took a step back, lifted it high, and with everything I got, I went straight for his head. 
I screamed, I swung it right at his head and he took it. His neck bent right and he went back slightly, like all I'd done was giving him a slap. But that was it. He still barely moved. What are you? I shouted, throwing down the bat. What the fuck are you? He twisted his head back. His left arm came up slowly and grabbed the end of his hood and pulled it right back over his head. I looked at his face. Jesus fucking Christ. It was barely hanging on his skull, like a melted rubber mask. It looked like you could just tear it off the bone. Water poured from his eye sockets, his mouth, the hole where his nose should have been. He had ginger hair, but there were huge chunks of it missing. He looked at me, skin drooping over empty eye sockets, pouring water. He looked right at me, stared at me. I was froze to the spot, I couldn't move. I almost pissed myself. He opened his mouth slowly, then he screamed. He shrieked. I never heard anything like it. I almost had to grab my ears, it hurt so bad. He jumped at me, his hands clasped around my throat. I fell on the soaking wet concrete, his hands were like claws, hardly any flesh on them. I felt the ends of his fingers pierce the skin on the back of my neck. The water pouring from every feature on his face, landing on my face, dripping into my mouth, on my eyes. He kept screaming, spitting water at me, right on top of me. I could barely move. I felt my throat being crushed. I managed to scream. I rolled to my right, pushed him off. He slid over to the patio window. I rolled onto my front and managed just to get to my feet, but he swiped at me with his claw, caught the back of my leg, cutting my muscle. I fell back down, cracked my knee on the concrete. I turned on my side, saw that face, the empty eyes. It was crawling after me, it was unstoppable. I couldn't stop it. I had no choice. I pulled myself back up, standing on my other leg. I saw the patio table, the stone table next to the barbecue. I had no choice. I leapt up onto the table. I looked back. It screamed again. It came running at me. I had no choice. I jumped. It was going to tear me to shreds. Nothing I could have done. I cleared the balcony rail. He wasn't going to get me. I wasn't going to let him take me. I jumped and I fell. I thought this was it. I was done for. Fucked. But I was lucky. I've always been lucky. There was another balcony below mine. Small one. But it was there. I fell through the garden table. You know, like the ones they have at pubs. It broke my fall. Most of it. I tell you, the people who live there. You should have seen their faces. Scared shitless. They called the ambulance. Gotta hand it to them boys. They was there quick. They thought I was mental. I probably sounded like I was fucking mental. But I knew I got away with it. I knew there was nothing he could do to me now. As they put me in the ambulance, I caught sight of him, standing, waiting down across the road. I didn't say anything. I just stared at him and smiled. There was nothing he could do to me now. Because I did it. I faced him down. I looked evil in the eye and I survived. I'm a survivor. I'll take anything on. He leaves me alone now. Sometimes I hear him, the drip, drip, drip. See him standing in the rain, waiting behind the glass. But he knows he can't scare me anymore. I risked it all. I faced death and I came out of it. He's not getting in here. He can't get me in here. I'm a survivor. 
I'm going to get better and show him he can't do anything to me. I'm just resting. My people, they know that. And I'm going to walk again too. I don't care what they say. You can't keep this man down. I'm like a force of nature. You can't stop me. You can't hold me back. Thank you for listening to the new Ghost Stories podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please support the podcast by leaving a review on any platform and subscribing to hear future releases. This story appears in the book 11 New Ghost Stories, available from Amazon, Apple Books, and other book retailers. This podcast is written, presented, and produced by David Paul Nixon. If you'd like to read the latest new ghost stories, visit my Substack at davidpaulnixon.substack.com. And you can find out more about new ghost stories at my website, newghoststories.com. To find out all the latest from me, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at newghoststories. Next time on the New Ghost Stories podcast... A flash of lightning took everything from her. Now she walks through the storms, hoping to find everything she lost. The New Ghost Stories podcast is supported by Horrified, the website that celebrates and champions British horror, covering films, television, books, fiction and more. You can visit Horrified at horrifiedmagazine.co.uk and find them on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Horrified Mag.